Welcome back to the Super Flexible Podcast. Some old school shit right there. Shout out to at FL2 Drink Minimum and Steve Halupka. Started this feed with that that intro there. I don't know if you recognize it, Mike. I'm here with at the third Mike today. I'm always talking to, to third Mike about like value related situations. Mike's putting out a lot of different stuff at IBT Media. I, I probably butchered that. Um, no, it's beautiful. And uh, and and a lot of it's just kind of life related, value related. So. We were kind of talking back and forth, and in short, Mike's kind of like, well, let's talk about something with the perception that is value. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's about right. I like to wax philosophical. How the hell are you, dude? Uh, I'm no, great. act like we haven't been talking for 30 minutes before we hit record. How, how's Got it going, it. dude? <laughs> I'm excellent. Um, been taking a day off to myself today to re- track a bunch of vocals and this is a well-needed break you're allowing me to sip some tea and, and just like let it rest a little bit nice you said you were gonna let me hear those by the way oh yeah mm-hmm. i'll email it to you thought it'd be live on tape here oh i'm getting an email i have to wait <laughs> i mean you can add it in if you want but uh <laughs> no uh i don't have a good way to 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 like put that in i'm not that smart so let's let's get into value and how you value things and the way you look at it and how you can maybe bend and or manipulate value the matrix of value (laughs) the matrix of value well if you want to be neo and take the right pill uh uh, i think you have to i think you have to understand that um that either the blue pill or the red pill could be correct. Um, and it all depends on the situation. And, and while I'm not going to like waffle all episode here, uh, I think it's important to know that there's different things that affect value, right? Whether it's your strategy that you're employing or the league or the league size or the league type or the scoring settings, like all that stuff plays big on, on value. So, you know, you can tweet like so-and-so is, is my RB one. Right. But you know, it might not be the RB one for everybody in every setting. Um, but I will keep it somewhat super flex here. I promise. But yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, super flexy. Sorry. I mean, go a lot of different directions i mean a super flex league still needs running backs wide receivers tight ends it still needs value for sure i don't want to i don't want to give you boundaries mike no boundaries (laughs) no kid gloves oh excellent (laughs) because i'm handling this hot tea here and i i don't want gloves i want to feel the warmth so uh yeah when it comes to when it comes to value and stuff like that you know uh let's Let's just let's take a position here. Uh, one of my favorite ones to to take a look at, and I looked at it recently in an article uh, for IBT was was you know looking at tight end. And when you look at tight end, like obviously in super flex leagues, like tight end premium or any league really, tight end premium like makes a difference. Um, or you know even if it's a two tight end league, like obviously that will make a difference on how you value tight ends as well. If you have to start a couple of them. Um, or if you don't have any, you know, if it's just like open flexes, I'm in a couple leagues like that too, where it's like, just flex, whatever. Um, and those are always fun, but the tight end position, I think is one that we as a, as a group, right. As a, as a fantasy hive mind collective have been talking about tight end and the state of tight end for a while now. Right. Um, and I think it's fair to say that no matter what league you're in, you got your top tier and 
that's you know your Kelsey's Kittle and um, Waller's of the world, and maybe you can sneak a couple other people in there. Um, but then you, you know you have that. We, we're going to sneak Hawkins <laughs> in there. You can sneak Hawk in there. That's fine. And like I know there's a lot of people who are like putting pits there. I don't know if I'm ready for that yet, but I understand if you are. Uh, we can talk about that variance, but. There's just a there's a lot of factor, uh, factors that affect that right factors <laughs> effects and factors um, that affect how you how you look at different things um, in different players and situations and and who creeps into that tier and who's in that next one down and then who's in like the wasteland right because I think it's fair to say there's a wasteland at tight end as well too uh, until we're proven otherwise uh, I don't know like what do you what do you think about tight end as a whole. I mean, for me, the the funny thing is the longer that I've played in tight end premium leagues versus the non-tight end premium leagues, I find that people don't really value them that much differently in the end, like whether they're getting the same points per receptions as your wide receivers or the running backs, or if they're getting that 1.75 to 1.5, all that happens is those tight ends score more points, but the drop-off is still the same, and I feel like they still go in the same area because unless you're getting tight end after tight end, you still only have one of them. So it's not like you're flexing a bunch of tight ends against me. I, I feel like Kelsey goes roughly in the same area without a tight end premium as he would in a 1.75. And I think it's really been that way for a while. I mean, I even you look back into like the Antonio Gates days and he was a luxury to have even before 1.75 was invented because he was the tight end that you knew you could rely on. It wasn't just because of the points, but it was the reliability that Antonio Gates gave you back in the day. So for me, like that's a place that I understand the value when I have them. And I understand why it's hard to let them go when you do, but I'm not one to want to pay up for them. I'm still waiting in my startup drafts for, Mike Gesicki, Noah Fant, Troutman, Komet. Like, I'm getting some of those guys. Um, my highest owned tight end is probably Hawkinson, to be honest with you. But even at this point, like, I don't see him, like, being he, – he's somebody I will target in a trade. But I'm probably not getting him in a startup draft anymore because of where he's being taken today. I still want a value tight end because, like, after the top three or four tight ends, I think that, like, that variance in points isn't worth the extra value because your top tight end, tight end four through tight end 10 can be so close sometimes in points and you don't really know when they're going to hit. Sometimes it's matchup dependent. So I'm not one to want to pay for a tight end. I mean, even Travis Kelsey has, has lost us. I don't want to say lost us weeks, but he has had like between zero and four points on some weeks when he's active, not, as often, but yeah, so I'm just not one that that's not where I want to put my value. If I feel like I'm like hurting at tight end, I'm probably trying to trade for a tight end that I like rather than one of the cheap ones though. Uh, um, unless I don't feel like I have assets to do that. And then at that point, I'm probably going for like Anthony Fersker or somebody like that, like super ultra cheap or OJ Howard or something like that. If you're not going to give me a deal on a tight end because of the value of it. And I think 1.75 has even hurt the value of tight ends 
across the board because now I think people just the lure of a stud tight end is real and and people want them and I don't really care. I, I'm happy with like Evan Ingram. Yeah, it's it, it feels like a like a tectonic plate, right? When you add that value, like it just pushes the the guys that are at the top up more and pushes the the cats that you know are those gambles that you talked about like the like the Ferksers or man I can't say his name either so or or whoever like <laughs> for me it pushes them down as well too hey, you never know we maybe I should have said Kels the whole time <laughs> probably he retires until as everybody yeah so it's uh, Travis Kels and like it was, oh, it was Kels <laughs> nice <laughs> um but you know what what you're talking about here that's so that's what plays into somebody like Kyle Pitts for me, right? Um, so we're, we're going to get – we get all this noise around this time of season, right? And it's going to get even worse because, you know, camps are going and whatnot. And you'll hear about, like, all his one-handed catches and, like, his somersaults and stuff like that that he does. Um, <laughs> but – and how he's so much bigger than everybody. And, like, we know that. We're aware. Um, but, mm-hmm. again, like, you just – I understand that this is a, a game of risk, Right. Uh, but is, is, is he like a risk you want to take? And, and that's where that, that variance, that value variance like comes in, right? If, if you value somebody who is, who could be a number two target behind Calvin Ridley, and maybe like, I've seen some people like, Hey, maybe like one, a one B like, depending on how he shows up, like, you know, you're going to take that risk and, and, uh, take him early, but I don't, man. I just feel like we've labeled generational talent on so many people that come out. And then there's just so many factors that can happen that it's hard for me mm-hmm. to over overhype somebody who hasn't proven it. And I'm willing for me value wise, like I'm willing to pay the price for somebody who I know will do it versus taking the gamble on somebody who I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Um, and maybe it's just because I'm risk adverse. I don't know. <laughs> but, but, but I think, I feel like I feel like it's okay to pay up for somebody who in this kind of situation and it doesn't even this doesn't even have to be tied in, right? Like it's okay to pay up for somebody a little bit to get sure. and that's to get what, what you know you're gonna you get. Too. Mm-hmm. So you know at a certain point, like Mike, I, I know you like to diversify your lineups a little bit. I've known you and talked to you enough to know that you like to diversify <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. See if you have like let's say one share of Kyle Pitts. Mm-hmm. Is that Kyle Pitts share going to have more value to you? And I'm not saying you can you can ultimately give it more value to the community, but does it have more value to you, the person that has Pitts in that particular league? Does that is make it harder for you to move Pitts, or are you still loving the value that he holds and ready to manipulate the market and move on? Yeah. So for me, if he's the only person, if he's the only, I only have one share, right. Of Kyle Pitts. I feel like I'm still okay. Like moving on. If, if the, if the deal is right, like who cares? Um, you always have a chance at getting Kyle Pitts back. Hackinson or Pitts. Uh, I'm on the line with Pitts at this point, but it's, it's because I think I can get more for him. Um, just because the hype is there. No, he's so quiet. <laughs> You know, I I like Hawk. I feel like you can see the rise coming. Um, but what's going on? Like new offense. You know, a little a different quarterback. Like is Goff upgrade downgrade? Um, is Hawkinson the best receiver on the team? Maybe even. Um, 
maybe maybe one of the more proven ones um but i feel like i feel like you'll get more out of fan or fans oh my god out of pits right now um and you can you can move pits for a little bit more than that so i would maybe take hawkinson in like a small piece um and be very happy but uh, I don't think it's a straight up thing. Second, first, what's that small piece? I don't think I think second's fair, like mid. Uh, I'd even I mean I go mid second, and I, I'm not putting this into a calculator or anything like that, but I think that's fair. Sure, and, and see that's where I fall in in line in like my problems with this is, is I, I am one a person that has one share of Kyle Pitts, mm. and at peak of height I tried to move that for Hawkinson and a first. And was basically countered with Pitts for Hawkinson straight up. And even mm-hmm. me being one of the bigger Hawkinson people I know, it, it still it still was like, oh, why would I want to do that? You know, I don't need to do that. I shouldn't have to do that. Like, yeah. um, I have lots of Hawkinson. This is my only Pitts. And even though I can sit here, which is stupid because I don't even advise people to work this way, even though I, I get how we do but and we talk about like um group thought often you and i mm-hmm. and here i am telling you that i'm falling into that group thought not from the aspect of what i think hawkinson versus kyle pitts can be but i understand the value and so i'm still just kind of like well yeah like maybe they're the same but we both know that you owe me hawkinson and at least a little bit more <laughs> you know like let's not be cute here and and so as much as I want to and and believe that we shouldn't adhere to value and that we create our, our own value. And when you do that, it changes the value that everybody's adhering to. I'm still stuck wanting a little bit more on top of Hawkinson to move my one share of Kyle Pitts. Yeah, well, and that's where so I think that's where a group thought should come in handy for you. Right. So um I, we talk a lot about group thought and, and my feeling about group thought is it, it's never going to go away. Right. But, oh, if no, you can, no. but if you can use it to your advantage sometimes, uh, then, then whatever. Um, and I, I think and this is a chance where you can do don't it. Understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just want to say that's one thing that people don't actually understand about group thought is you hurt, hear people say something like mob mentality group and, um, it's used so much as a negative a negative thing or it feels so negative to people, but it's really just natural. It's so mm-hmm. hard to get away from it's really like so ingrained in in us that you, you don't even realize it's happening and um, it's not going away. And it's better to understand it that way than to think that you're not a part of it. Yeah. And well, and it's it's funny too because it's just the way we're wired as humans. Like the more you hear something, the more you tend to believe it. Um, and also, like I could tell you a lie first, and then you could learn the the fact or the truth behind it. Even pretty like pretty close afterwards, maybe like the next day, you're like, oh wait, like I just learned that that's totally bogus. Um, but but that that thought or that that lie or that uh, skewed perception will be the thing that sticks in your head. Um, and it's hard to, to get that out. And that's just the way we're wired. So if you can recognize that and use, you know, that group thought to your advantage a little bit, that's, you know, that's where it really comes in handy. Um, it, it comes in handy to get that, that value that you're okay with. And in your situation, right. With, with all your shares of, of Hawkinson, like, I mean, who needs another one? You know, and that and that's all you gotta tell the person, right? Like, look, I got like a hundred of these. <laughs> like, right. So, so 
It, that's totally and fine. Then, I'll, I'll go find somebody else who will do a, a deal that will, you know, be a little bit more fair. Yeah. Or I'll just keep pits. And then yeah, same I'll keep thing with you, like, um, mentioned we we made the listeners think that we were switching positions a little bit but it's kind of the same thing <laughs> with jamar chase mm-hmm. the value that he has versus the risk involved and like man i think jamar chase is a stud i think he's going to be fine in the nfl so but still there should always be that kind of caution to the wind and that's even what we try to talk about on rookie fever as much as we love some of those rookies there's still opportunity for failure in in these guys so even with jamar chase it's kind of like you can you can trade him away at such a high price that you should be also fine trading him away and watching him do good in the nfl that's Mm -hmm. what you can get for jamar chase today so much that you should be fine with him being a success yeah um but you want to be attached to that success uh, we, well, we do want to be attached to that success, but you know, the, another way to stay attached to that success is to is to get something back for that player that um, you know you will feel good about in the long run, um, and you're still attached that to that success, right? Like I got back for Jamar what I thought he was worth, and and while that can make you pump the brakes sometimes on people. Because you're like, oh, you know, like uh, he might he might go bonkers, you know. Yeah, any player might go bonkers. They're all professionals. They all got there, right? Like, <laughs> but yeah. Um, but as long think, as think you, about if you would have traded away the pick that you drafted Nikhil Harry with for Corey Davis, and that's just Corey <laughs> freaking Davis, you'd be smitten today to be like, oh yeah, I knew Harry wasn't going to be anything, so I traded him away for Corey freaking Davis. Right. And or, think about what you could have gotten for Nikhil Harry though his rookie year before he even hit the field compared to today yeah yeah and I mean it all just comes down it all comes down to making choices for yourself right um and so you can you can have lots of different factors like there's there's so much out there right uh so many podcasts so many articles like I'm guilty of adding to the field as well um but there's so many different viewpoints and and tweets and whatever out there uh full of information uh, I think there was a Jamar Chase update yesterday coming through on Sleeper or something like that. Like the LSU connection is back, um, and and um, <laughs> you know you can read into all those things as much as you want, but at the end of the day, it's really important to to take a step back and think to yourself like, what do I think? What do I think about this value and and all these all these different things that are put together? And Chase is a great example. I'm I'm glad you brought him up because there's a couple ways to view it, right? Like. LSU connection, stud receiver, um, you know, uh, a team that has three solid wide receivers and, you know, a running back that catches out of the backfield and they'll spread it around. So he probably won't be like super duper covered, like, uh, you know, great situation for him to, to get those big plays and whatnot. Uh, and, but you could also put your hat on and be like, well, you know, other receivers that are more established in the offense and maybe they'll play more of a possession game, which means it'll go back to, you know, I'll go back to like Boyd and Mixon and you can, you can trick yourself into thinking anything that you want. Um, so what's important is to be able to step back in any value situation and just decide for yourself, not like the tweet that you just saw, not the, the, you know, pod you just listened to. All those things are great and they help you build that, that repertoire, right? They're all, they're all like bullets in the gun to use a terrible um, analogy, but um, you have to decide. You have to decide for yourself. Like, which one are you going to fire? Um, and I think that's that's the tough part for a lot of people. 
um, is to is to take the take that responsibility and and figure out okay, like what do what do I feel? Mm-hmm. And there's also uh, like because we I kind of mentioned mob mentality too, mm-hmm. but we don't really talk about really what that is and <laughs> how it happens. But that could start with me saying something that somebody doesn't like whether what i say is right or wrong is irrelevant actually whether it's opinion or a fact it's completely irrelevant one person doesn't like me let's say they attack me they're not nice about it now somebody else has seen that now they feel like that much more comfortable attacking me now somebody's seen two people attack me the third and fourth person are all for it that is mob mentality. And then eventually, like, you have a mob of people that are comfortable attacking something that they weren't comfortable with to begin with. That is mob mentality. And then it sends this message that, oh, my gosh, this guy must be crazy if he said that because did you see what just happened to him for that? That is mob mentality. And what that does to to value is is huge, honestly, because now people are almost afraid to like that thing because of how uncomfortable it made this group of people that slowly mobbed them. That is my mentality. Ladies and gentlemen, you're not allowed to have your own opinion about Antonio Gibson or Austin Eckler. <laughs> this just in. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was not an Austin Eckler tweet. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't not the other one. So um, yeah, you know, it's a it's a great point. And and it's okay to be on the other side of the fence because you know what? We've all been wrong and we've all been right about something before. And at the end of the day, we're not going to know until they score the points or don't score the points throughout the season. So it, that's part of the fun, right, is trying to figure that out. Like, yeah. how can I be right? Um, not how can I, um, you know, how, how can I just like – go with what everybody else says is right right now but like how can i be right and you know sometimes it'll be what other people think and sometimes it won't and that's okay yeah (laughs) Um, and that's just it too sometimes with me like there'll be a player that i i talk about like you mentioned eckler and antonio gibson it's not that i don't think that those assets are going to be viable fantasy pieces i don't think that they're going to go away in the NFL, but I see this problem with the value and and where I see it. That's where my problems come into play. And then I start to look at it in a different way than than people are. I like to think so anyway. And I, I try to look ahead to like, well, what what is going to happen in 2022? What am I going to be able to get for Austin Eckler in 2022 and um, there's going to be a lot of people at the end of the 2021 season that are telling you to sell Austin Eckler like it's savvy I'm saying by then it's too late do it now you know you're going to give up some points you're going to give up some production but you want to give that to somebody you don't want to like just trade an asset that's going to just all of a sudden hit the garbage like that that's just silly nobody's buying those players from you you know so you're going to give somebody some production when you give them austin eckler but you're taking care of your future and and that's what it's all about like i mean if you can add a first to austin eckler to get like dobbins or swift that's the move to make and you can do that today you can't do that next year you won't get a first for austin eckler next year yeah that's how i play value (laughs) yeah and i I totally get that you probably get two today (laughs) (laughs) i will give you two hamburgers tomorrow for (laughs) if you give me one today (laughs) seriously or i'm gonna eat them both and like we'll we'll talk next year (laughs) yeah no no doubt um 
Yeah, I think, you know, you, you hit a really important point there as well, too, when it comes to, to the variance of things. Um, and what you're saying is, look, I look at the value today with the idea that tomorrow I'm going to have this player too, um, potentially, right? And and I think that's something that, you know, gets lost sometimes on on the idea of like competitive rebuild or on like the win now mentality is like, I'm going to gobble up all this stuff and hopefully like win now, but you don't want to do that at the cost of being trash forever, like afterwards, right? The year after. Um, Right. And I mean, I'll be the guy I'll, you said like, nobody's coming for those guys. I'll be the guy who buys the old men from you. uh, But I don't want to pay the price you probably want for them um, because I have that in mind. Uh, <laughs> right, right, but, right. But yeah, I think yes, I think it's exactly. A- you know, like there's a there's a a spot where like I'll, I'm fine having these guys on my team. But when I see what you can do with them and how consensus value is today, I'm like, wow, that's a really fair price to get out of a 26 year old running back who's never put up a 600 yard rushing year in four years. That's a really like good way to get out of a running back like that and yes i know the ppr value i get it i get it but but even like you look at that because you hear about eckler all the time and i mentioned like add to him to get like dobbins or swift and people are like i'd rather have eckler anyway and that to me that's where like this conversation derives from and that's where it really gets me going because i mean you look at somebody like austin eckler who had 116 attempts because a lot of people want to tell you the weekly average. He had 116 attempts, 54 receptions. He touched the ball 170 times. Swift had 114 touches, two less than that of Eckler, and 46 receptions, so eight less of that of Eckler. 160 touches compared to the 170. Swift turned that into 218.3 fantasy points, whereas Eckler turned that into 197.3 fantasy points. So Eckler touched the ball 10 less times. And and this, mind you, is with Swift only starting three games. So where am I finding my value in this situation that Swift is in that is better than the one that he was in last year with Adrian Peterson gone? I'm not saying Jamal Williams doesn't get some work, but he doesn't get some work. (laughs) Not like people are saying. Like, I'm not worried. I'm not any more worried about Jamal Williams than I am Joshua Kelly or Justin Jackson, quite honestly. And so that's kind of how I start looking at things and just like, what is there now? Like, I mean, we're assuming Swift starts more than three games this year, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> does it? Does, <And>, yes. <laughs> yes. That's a yes. We are. We are assuming that. Uh, I just had to laugh because I'm like, oh, God, I hope so. <laughs> so but, and then, yeah, and then Dobbins know. though, same thing. Same thing with Dobbins. Dobbins touched the ball only 152 times, so 18 times less than Eckler, but he had 208 points. I mean, you look at Eckler and it's like 1.15 points per touch compared to Swift and Dobbins that are both around 1.3 and 1.36. Not much, but per touch, like they're younger. Their situations both got better. No Mark Ingram. Dobbins is the starter now because Dobbins also didn't have a lot of starts last year. Dobbins is a starter. Swift's a starter. Yes, Eckler is also the starter. But wheels up for the young guys who outproduced Eckler already last year. You know, we're doing this backwards. We're excited because of Justin Herbert. We're not even excited because of Austin Eckler anymore. (laughs) That that last one got me with the wheels up. <laughs> I'm still laughing, <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, I mean that's 
that's where we're going with it. And to rewind just a second, uh, back to you know Jamal Williams, like yeah, if you th- if you think that it's going to be any more than just a break uh, for for Swift every now and then, you know, to give him a breath, I think you're fooling yourself because that's about all it was for um, for him and, and Green Bay as well too with Aaron Jones and. And yeah, so some of his some of his like Aaron Jones take a breathers are somewhat productive because of the offense itself is productive. I mean, that was a crazy offense, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but do you do you expect that kind of takeaway from Swift? And probably not. <laughs> you know, like yeah. does it really affect him? Not really. If anything, it's a little bit helpful, right? Because he's a little bit more fresh uh, when he is on the field. Thank you very much, Jamal. Right? <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, appreciate. No, it. I think that's a great point, Mike. And not only that, but I think that Jamal Williams, and he's not Swift, but he's he is somebody that if Swift should get hurt, the Lions don't have to change the playbook too much. Jamal Williams should be able to be admiral in the passing game, get some work. Like he's a he's a it's a solid NFL move to hand hit have him as the handcuff and like you said to keep Swift a little bit fresh. But Swift's the starter there, man. Oh, that's, for sure, that's huge. Yeah, for sure. Um, let, let me pivot here. So, <laughs> Josh, this Jacobs. is going to be the last time we talk about Swift for a while. All right, <laughs> Josh Jacobs. I I I see a lot of hate out there for for Josh Jacobs as well too. Mike is our resident Raiders fan here. Yeah, hundred percent. And don't let this uh, don't let this skew like how you feel about what I'm about to say. Because in my time playing fantasy football, for the longest time, Janikowski was like the only one I would actually draft, and that's if I was in a league with a kicker. And and then you know, of course, then after a while, we had. Michael lose your chain Crabtree and um, and Cooper play alongside <laughs> each other, which was pretty vi- valuable, uh, and that of course made Carr somewhat valuable as well too. And he's stayed a pretty consistent like you know QB twos. You can get him in there in that super flex spot. But I feel like the hate against Josh Jacobs escalated as soon as they found out. You know everyone found out Drake was moving to uh, Las Vegas and. And it's stayed about the same. Like it hasn't, it hasn't necessarily like you haven't heard it, but but I've seen it reflected and where he's drafted and where um, you know where I see people make comments about about the situation with Josh Jacobs. They're just like, I don't want to touch that, and I think that's crazy. I, I really do. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I, um, dude, I'm with you completely. I'll take Jacobs over Miles Sanders, and I don't think most agree on that. All but day, every Jacob day. Over miles. Yes, absolutely. He, he's yep. proven more. He showed us more, but people want to be so hard on him. I, I don't even get it. We know he's going to be the guy getting the opportunities there. He practically scouted Kenyon Drake himself. Like they wanted to play <laughs> together on the same team. I don't think that Josh Jacobs reached out to him and was like, hey, man, there's a chance you could come here and take my job if you yeah. want to play together. <laughs> and, and it's- That's not what happened. What is Kenyon Drake like? Twenty nine years old, uh, something like that. Yeah, I'd have to look. <laughs> but but like, I mean, you look at him and you're like, maybe he, maybe you could consider him like the RB one on one of his teams at some point in his life. I mean, I don't. I consider him more of like a convenience right. factor running back. Like he was there, so we started him. <laughs> like, and I'm not saying he's trash in football. Like he's he's fine, right? But. Uh, but to say that Josh Jacobs is just going to go like directly in the toilet, 
because Kenyon Drake is there, I feel like is a bit much. Um, that's that's like that's looking at the situation all crazy to me. You have plenty of plenty of how do I want to say like plenty of other scenarios that that tell you that that's probably not the case, right? You um, you've got New Orleans, you have Baltimore. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where like I don't know how you can see these these other backs in these situations and be excited about them still and not like not still be like feeling pretty good about yourself some with some Josh Jacobs. Like if anything, he's he's gonna get what we just uh, talked about with Swift, right? He's gonna get a bit of a rest. Um, you know, you know why he like ended up not putting up so many great points like over the season last year, it started to trail off a little bit because dude was broken. <laughs> like that, that's all they did was run, run, run with, uh, with him or dump it to Waller. Like those were their only two options for, for most yep. of the year. So, so to think that, like, to think that, you know, somebody f- letting him freshen up a little bit, like is going to affect him in a negative way, I think is, is a bit short-sighted. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think he's an absolute bargain at the running back position. Him and David Montgomery. I'll take both those running backs over Miles Sanders. And consensus value does not see it that way. And I think it's a silly way to look at things. Like, they've shown success. You just weren't happy about it. Yeah, I. that's it. That's yeah, you hit it on the head right there. Like they've shown success, but it wasn't enough for you. Um, and mind you, right? Mm-hmm. Josh Jacobs came out of a running back class that we were like, yeah, this class sucks. Um, but yet, mm-hmm. but yet, we got something solid out of it, right? You got something solid out of it if you if you drafted Josh Jacobs. And I don't think that that uh, that solid running back is yeah. is just going to disappear on you. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that, you know, that brings it back home to kind of what we talked about before, just the way that you look at players, um, make a decision for yourself, right? Um, for me, the thing that I value most is a level head and an open mind when I look at players. Um, you know, I, I try to see both sides of the fence and think about them and just decide like, which one of these do I think is most likely and go for it. Um, and I, I think that's a, a great thing for you to be able to do if you want to try to elevate your your fantasy football game to be able to take in all that information, see both sides, and then decide, okay, like this is the one that that I believe in. And I, I even tried to do that with Jacobs. And I, I looked at the other side. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. Um, but at the end of the day, like he's proven his talent. He hasn't like I get the DUI thing and and like. Uh, there's always like silly team rumblings that end up not playing out because they're going to play the person who's going to get them, you know, the wins or whatever at the end of the day. So I don't know. Like I just take a step back and think, yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be fine, Mike. <laughs> Hold your Jacobs shares or get something good yeah. for him. Not uh, only that, like you know? sometimes, sometimes too though, like the way I look at it isn't just um, like I'm I like this player more, but sometimes I'll look at it as I like these players the same. But yeah, value says I can get extra on top of this one, but I like them the same. So if I can yep. go and get extra on something that, I mean, I, I don't know, like um, if, if somebody's targeting a player in a trade, they like that player. They're, oh, they're chasing 100%. that player. They're not necessarily like, it doesn't mean they're not attached to a player they're moving, but, mm-hmm. or, or that they don't like them. 
But if they're like going after a certain play on your team, like they're chasing that player for a reason and they have their own narrative that's been created within them, whether it's accurate or not. And then this is from anybody that's just getting into dynasty to the top of the food chain. Like everybody's creating their own narratives when they send a trade, even if it derived from a seed that was planted somewhere else, there's a reason they're, they're not just like, uh, I hate this player. Um, so I'm trying to buy him low, <laughs> you know, they're trying to buy him low because they believe in something that's going to happen that, you know what I mean? They're not believing in it or buying low because they don't see something that that would be silly to even do. You know, nobody wants to just put a bunch of nothings on their team because they're cheap. They're chasing them for a reason. Yeah. It's funny you say that. I've, I've never really seen the the buy low thing as being like a real thing. Like it, it's just buying, right? <laughs> like, because uh, as you said, as soon as you tell somebody, "Hey, I want X player," mm-hmm. like they know you care about yeah, that like, player. I, I like, like the ease <laughs> like, of sale, or yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like if yep. I can, and even like right now, I'm you. not even saying to go ahead. I was saying even even like right now, I'm not even saying to that you sell Austin Eckler high, but I feel like oh. there's an ease of sale because of the opportunity to get out at, at this particular point. And I think that that's even what you're saying. It's like you don't necessarily sell low, but sometimes there's an ease to buy or an easier time to sell. But nobody's just going to go after players they don't like, you know, but you might see an opportunity. Maybe you want to get out of Marquise Brown and somebody shoots you an offer and that's your market. You you treat them right. You know, you don't just be like, oh, I wanted more like you. You stick with them because ultimately your goal was you don't believe in Marquise Brown. This person that just lowballed you does. So work with them. Yep. That, that's a hundred percent. And I think the the best thing you can do in situations like that too is again, right. Look at it from both sides. Uh, the, tr- the winning trade that you make is the trade where both teams feel like they got to win. Uh, Cause you'll get a better partner out of it. You get more mm-hmm. trades. Yeah. We like trades. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I, I totally agree with that. Uh, I mean, man, and, and I'm sitting here, this is a Todd Gurley owner. <laughs> the, the design on this mic I, I am somebody that has watched value depreciate when i'm telling you to get out of austin eckler it's not like because every move i've made has ever been perfect it's also because i've learned from my mistakes i've held on too long as well i can tell you that's that's a road you don't want to go down and to me austin eckler was never ever 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 anything close to what todd Gurley was so don't be silly yeah, and Damn, I, why does it always have to come back to Austin Eckler, the poor guy? I don't know. <laughs> I think learning from your mistakes is is the <laughs> point to make here as well, too. Though um, you you brought up Gurley, and I was like, oh mm-hmm. god, I've got one share, uh, and I I'm like, or you know, I've got him on one. Oh team, my gosh, just I, like, have, I have more than that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's one where I was hoping to move him, but I knew it wasn't going to happen. It's a bunch of savvy folks in that league, and I was like, I'm going to be stuck with this at the end of the season. <laughs> And, and I was, um, and, and it's, I think it's important again, right. To like, to be able to understand that, like everybody makes mistakes and to share your mistakes as well too. Um, I, I have definitely shared a few mistakes in my writing. If you check it out on, on IBT, like I have effed up and I just don't want you to do the same thing. (laughs) Like that's important to me. I, I actually care about your team and about your process. Right. Um, absolutely. uh, Same. Yeah. (laughs) And, and so, yeah, you know, 
while that value is, you can go find it on a calculator somewhere. And don't get me wrong, they're great tools, right? They're great to use to figure out um, what other people might think and maybe like what something pseudo fair is, but it, it doesn't have to be equal to be a good trade. And if it's super duper lopsided, you know, it's probably not a good one either. Uh, if you're going to post post the trade and be like, look how much I screwed this person over. Like that's not helpful to you either. Um, so <laughs> I, I completely agree. You see that a lot. Like, look at, I crushed this. Like, I can't even believe they accepted it. And you're well, then why'd you even send it? Yeah. My, my words to the wise. Like, be, what's your word to the wise? Oh, my word to the wise is that um, if you make a trade and you want to post about it, don't. <laughs> just 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 don't uh i've had a couple like that recently where i've made it and i'm like yeah i feel so good about this let me nope don't uh do the abraham lincoln if if you need to right type it out and then just like delete the tweet <laughs> like crumple it up um, and and throw and throw it away um it, it just makes you a better league mate in other people's eyes right because we're all watching each other and we all know what each other is saying uh about stuff in leagues and and then it, it honestly will get you better traits because people won't be like oh you know i hope so and so doesn't post about this one after it happens so it, you know i don't know it's manners this turned into a manners thing the variance of manners <laughs> No, I, I like that. I could probably be better at that too. And a lot of times I'll talk about trades on shows, even just for context. So I could probably be better at some of that too. Another thing too, if, um, I mean, if you do manipulate the market and you win a trade like big time down the road, don't mm-hmm. feel bad that you were ahead of the market value when people lose stocks on Austin Eckler. Like, don't feel bad about that at all when they're like, like man, I can't believe I traded you. Austin Eckler for J.K. Dobbins. Just be like, I can't believe anybody would have either. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you both you both made what you thought was the best decision at the given time with the information that you had. Um, don't look back, right? No, no regrets, no ragrats. Yeah. <laughs> so, yep. you, you um, chose the right pill. Yep, <laughs> a way to bring it full circle there, Morpheus. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I, I think that's I think that's really. The crux of everything is is that the wrong music. No, it's a great that's a great spot to end it actually. So, Mike, tell them who you are and all the beautiful places to find you. Oh, hi. Well, I'm Mike Talanko. You've been you've been listening to my voice. You can find me at the third Mike pretty much everywhere except for Instagram, where I'm at the third Mike everywhere, and. You can also find my writing at IBT underscore media. I write for them. They're, they're a great publication. We do a lot of stuff about life. And then we throw some fantasy in there too, whether you like football, golf, NASCAR, uh, you, you name it. We usually talk about it. So uh, check us out. A lot of good stuff on there from like Steph and Jen as well too. And yeah, that's where you can find me. Yeah, love it. Be sure to check them out. I mean, you guys are always growing over there too. It's good to see. Always seeing new additions to the group. Yeah, it's good. It's a really good family. Uh, we talk a lot, which I think is something that has made us uh, a little bit stronger as a group too. Uh, we, we read each other's stuff. We get feedback, uh, both, both constructive and like good job. And I think that really helps us build the craft. So uh, I know we're looking for a couple people right now too. So hit us up if you're interested in like editing or maybe even writing. And I am Swagzilla Zero G. This is at Super Flexible Podcast.